I came across a survey <clears throat> not too long ago that was made in the United States. And a lot of people in different stages were asked, uh, what is the best thing that can happen to a person? And 95% of the people answer, being able to meet Jesus. In another survey, they asking, uh, what is the best thing that can happen to a person? And another city people say, 95% of the people say, witnessing God's power. And I know that as I ask that question, what is the best thing that can happen to a person, you are thinking about your answer. Keep thinking. Listen to this. 90%, even, even though 95% of us think that the best thing that can happen to a person is sharing Jesus, basically. 90% of Christians have never talked about Jesus with anyone. 90%. 65% of church leaders have never shared Jesus. 65%. And I'm thinking, how are we going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth? if we don't share Jesus' message. Let's not talk about statistics. Let's talk about us. Have you shared Jesus' message of salvation? No, that's question number one. Question number two, when was the last time that you shared God's love? That's, uh, that's been in my prayers. Um, in this last year, I've been praying to, to God, please give me opportunities to share your message. And I think I mentioned this to you guys before. Uh, you, you already know this. When you have that prayer of saying, God, please give me opportunities to share your message, guess what's going to happen? He's going to give you opportunities to share his message. Now, we have to be ready. Because it's not going to be comfortable situations. It's not going to be situations where we are like, well, today I have my Bible. I'm ready, Jesus. Send me somebody. We're going to have to be ready 24-7. Every year in our church, we love to celebrate Christmas. And talking about Christmas, you know, I was thinking about the Israelites being, being slaves uh, for a long time. And thinking about how through... Malachi to Matthew, there was 400 years that they called that the silent years because there was no prophets from Malachi to Matthew. So all throughout the Old Testament, what the Israelites did with their kids was celebrate the Passover to remember the time when God brought them out of Egypt. And they will celebrate and they will keep their hopes alive that one day, a Messiah will come and save them from slavery, save them from oppressions. And then I talk about how Moses and Jesus had all these similarities. Uh, they were both born under slavery. Uh, both of them, when they were born, they had either a king or a ruler that wanted them killed. And both of them happened to liberate their people. Now, the difference between Jesus and Moses is that Moses, as you know, he liberated their people from a physical oppression, 
where Jesus came to liberate his people from a spiritual oppression. And we preach and we talk about, you know, we, we, we break in small groups, we come to church on Sunday, and we want everybody to be free from spiritual oppression because we know what that means. We were once there. And sometimes there are people that are still in church and are still oppressed by sin. So as, as Christ followers, you know, we had that responsibility to bring the light of Jesus into the darkness. Here are some things that we can see if we are still being oppressed by sin. And hear me out on this. Please pay attention to these things and check it out. It says, still sins, signs that you are still being oppressed from sin. One, you're still doing it even if it brings you negative consequences. Back in Dominican, uh, we get to work in prisons, we get to work, work in rehab centers, and we see, we see all kinds of situations. And as I'm getting ready to share this message with you guys, I think about um, my friend Jacobo. Um, since we were kids, he was a great kid, really smart kid. When he hit his teen years, when he became a teenager, he became uh, a drug addict. And for years, for the last 15, 20 years, he's being oppressed by the thing of addiction. And it breaks my heart because he comes talking to me and he's like, brother, please keep praying for me. Keep praying for me. And he will come to our church every now and then. He's like, hey, I'm here, man. It wasn't easy for me to, to get myself off the bed and come here, but I'm here. Please keep me in your prayers. Um, two weeks ago, I was already in the States, and I heard that he came into our church, and he came to one of our elders, and he was like, please take me to the rehab center. I need you to take me right now. Take me right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, about my friend from my childhood. I'm like... Sin has come to earth to destroy us. And yes, I want to I wanna be ready for everything that God has for me. But my challenge daily is like, how can I use the tools that God has given me, the knowledge, the little that I know, to help my friends leave the oppression that they have in their sin? Many people are still oppressed. And even though they are still suffering, they're still doing it, even though their consequences are bad. Another reason, another way that you can find out if you are still being oppressed by sin is when you become that bad thing that you are doing. Let me share what Galatians 4, 7 says. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are God's child, since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Do not identify yourself with the mistakes that you did in the past, because Christ already paid that price. 
Another way that you can find if you're being oppressed by sin is when you fight to keep it a secret. Sin enslaves you and it convinces you that nobody can find out. But guess what? One, two, I don't know how many times the Bible says God came to bring the darkness into light. Many times God says, we are the light of the world. And you think about being the light of the world, what that means. What that means. We had to become light into darkness. We had to become light in dark places. The big challenge that we have in Dominican Republic um, is that we are trying to teach our congregations. It's like, okay, let's, let's study our Bible. Let's learn our, our Bible. Because in, in the Bible, in God's Word, we have the manual, the tools of how Jesus wants to be the us to re be the redemptive presence in the world. But if we stay in our four walls, being light, yes, we're going to grow, but what's going to happen to those out there? In which percentage are we going to fall when people say, have you ever shared the message of Christ? Have you ever shared God's love? Last one is when you look for sin to escape the difficulties of your life. We have been doing a lot of small group settings in our church in the last three, four years. And I got to tell you guys, it has changed the culture of our church. Because people that were oppressed by pornography and different additions have been set free from different things. And it's like the devil, when you are doing something that is making you a slave, the devil is happy. You know, the devil wants you to stay there. The devil is, 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 is getting you to, to, to do things that are getting you every day far away from God. But it's like the most beautiful thing for me is to talk to somebody that I see God's face in them when I talk to them. People are not going to see God's face in you if you are being a slave from sin. You know, one of the, one of the challenges for me when I share in any, in any church in the States, this is, a, this, is a, this is a topic that gets me really passionate. There is so many so many things that I just want to tell you in Spanish. <laughs> because in English, I have to like think what I'm saying and translate it in my head sometimes. But we have to bring the darkness into light. If there are addictions that we have in our lives, find a friend and confess those addictions. Not only pray to God. It's like saying, it's like saying you know what? Uh, God, forgive me because I, I sing against my brother. You know what God says through his word is, okay, you, I forgive you, but you got to go ask him for forgiveness. That's how it starts, the redemptive plan of the Lord. So our, our relationships with each other have to reflect the God, God's love with us. Back in Exodus 6, it talks about, so God 
tell the Israel, so go and tell the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will take away the oppression of the Egyptians. I will free you from their slavery. I will free them with great display of power and, I, and with great acts of justice. And then in verse 6 says this, Moses made this known to the Israelites, that God was going to free them, but because of their discouragement and their hardship of their slavery, they ignore him. That's what happens today when people are being in slavery, being slaves from sin. Many times because of how deep they feel they are in sin, they ignore what us as Christians have to do. But I pray for all of us, don't give up. We all have family members, we all have classmates, we all have people at work that they need to hear the good news of the gospel because that's what the gospel means, good news. Let's not be discouraged. Let's bring the word of God to them. Let's share God's love. I was in Kansas City for a conference two weeks ago. And remember, I keep praying, God, give me opportunities to share your love. And I got this driver that's taking me to the airport. And <clears throat> I noticed that he has a funny, a funny accent. So... Uh, <laughs> So I'm like, hey, man, where are you from? And he goes, Dominican Republic. <laughs> and I say, oh, that's how we sound like. <laughs> and we started talking, and, you know, and I started asking questions about his life. You know, we had like 20-minute drive to the airport. And long story short, the guy has a brother that is Christian. He used to be Christian. Uh, things went really bad for him in Puerto Rico. He lives in Puerto Rico, and Hurricane Maria uh, destroyed his business. So now he's uh, 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 driving uh, to, to make his living in Kansas City. And he's just talking about how, what were you doing here? And I'm like, well, I'm a missionary, and I do this, and I do that. And we started talking about the church, and he was telling me all these things about, like, yeah, man, my church... The, the, the pastor did, uh, and this person that, and somebody did this against my brother, and ta da 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 and I know God has a plan for me. But there's a lot of things, man, that are not right. And I just remember walking out of that vehicle and looking him in the face, and I was like, brother, let me ask you for forgiveness, for in, in, in the name of anybody in the church who has hurt you. You know that we as people, everywhere you go, you're going to find people that are going to hurt you. But know that that was not God. That was us. God is in the same place where you left him 10 years ago when you used to be a Christian. And he's still waiting for you. I was talking to this man and He's walking away from me because I could see he's getting a teary eye. But I was thinking, I was like, man, when was the last time that this guy got some encouragement from a Christian brother? When was the last time that this guy didn't receive judgment from a Christian brother? When was the last time that this guy heard from somebody, hey, bro, Jesus loves you? You know that. 
He's still waiting for you. He's not done with you. Remember that. Those are the last words that I told him. He was like walking away because he didn't want me to see his tears. What if we pray every day before we leave our house? God, give me an opportunity today to witness to somebody. Imagine what will happen. The most beautiful thing for me is to see when a new Christian comes to church, a person that has never learned any Bible, and they learn three verses, and they use those three verses to change the world. But it's sad for me when I know Christians, because I grew up in church, I know a lot of Christians that know their whole Bible, but they are in that percentage that have never shared the word of God. People, Israelites, ignore Moses because they were suffering and they were discouraged. People hurt you. That was not Jesus. That was not God. That was people. I heard a pastor recently saying, you know what, if you, if you go to different churches, and you go to a church that everything is perfect, don't go to that church. Because you're probably gonna screw it up. People hurt each other. God doesn't hurt people. God came to love us and give us the best. He wants the best for us. May your kingdom come as it is in heaven. Bring it to earth. I think we're gonna do that only with love. This Christmas, may your life become a before and an after. I want to share this verse that I love. Uh, it says, walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, who threw the net into the sea because they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, come after me and I will make you fishers of men. We all have heard that verse before, but listen to this last part. At the, end, at the time, they left their nets and followed him. Imagine the disciples fishing, throwing their nets. Oh, there is a net up there. Throwing their nets. That, that's how they make their living. That's how they feed their kids. That's their way of, you know, that was what kept them busy throughout the day. When Jesus made that call and say, if you want to be my disciple, I want you to be my disciple, and you will become fishers of men. He says that they followed Jesus, and they dropped their nets. Today, you might say, I already dropped my net because I've been a Christian already. Today, you're probably here, you, you have never dropped your net. But I'm telling you, Jesus is calling us to become his disciples. Jesus has never called us to be like, hey, repent, be baptized, you be saved, and that's done. No, we're called to be his disciples, which means when you repent, you get baptized, you're saved, guess what? If you are a disciple of Jesus, you're going to make another disciple because a disciple makes disciples. 
When I was 14, I heard a song saying, have you made a disciple in your lifetime? Have you, have you teach somebody else what you learned from Jesus? And I will never forget that day. It was a song, it was a funny song for a lot of people. It was a group that, that had a lot of uh, uh, jokes in their phone. They were a Christian band. But one phrase that they say, look around you and see who have you disciple. And that day I look around in church, I was like, nobody. That day I say, I am going to become a disciple maker. And that's my challenge for you guys today. If the best news we all agree that somebody can receive is sharing the love of Jesus, let's go out there and share his love. Let's go out there uh, and just have you been doing all your Christmas shopping. Let's write down a list and say, who am I going to share Jesus with this Christmas? And, you know, sometimes we have the mentality of like, oh, so-and-so, this one, this person is a, is a person that is really hard to reach. I'll go to this one. This guy is going to be easier. No. You have to pray to Jesus to say, God, open doors, open opportunities for me. And you're going to be surprised, the people that you're going to impact. There are many things, many practices that as believers um, we do. Um, and one of them is that when we receive God's invitation for that gift, for becoming free, um, one of the things that we do is that we have communion. And when we have communion, we remember what Christ did for us. When we have communion, we're saying, with this, I remember that somebody died for me, suffered for me, and I remember the covenant that I made that I was going to become a disciple maker because somebody discipled me. With this, I, 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 I'm remembering, uh, with this supper, I'm remembering, you know what, in this game, in life, I'm not an spectator. I'm not going to be sitting on the bench in the outfield watching the game. I'm going to be playing the game, bringing people to Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says, that cup of blessings for which we give thanks, doesn't that mean that we enter into communion with the blood of Christ? Does that bread that we break, does not mean that we enter into communion with the body of Christ? I want to be part of that, of the people that say, I'm not an spectator. If there are people here that are visiting for the first time, Jesus is making that invitation to you. And guess what? I really like this church because we have a baptistry right there. And it's one of those things that like, if somebody says, hey, I want to become a follower of Jesus. I don't want to be an spectator anymore. I want to become a disciple. I want to I I repent, give my life to Christ, be baptized. If that thing doesn't have water there, I'm sure there is a bunch of guys right here that will say, let's fill it up. And it's not that the water has power. The power comes from Jesus. It's not in the water. 
The power comes with Jesus. We have been so blessed. I have been so honored. In Dominican, uh, between last year and this year, um, we've been working, you know, just challenging our pastors, challenging our leaders. You know, what do we need to do differently? What do, how, what do we need to do to go out to the least of this and share God's love? And the result has been amazing. Uh, between 2018 and 2019, we have seen almost 700 people got baptized. And not only that, we're seeing people coming to Jesus, but seeing people that they walk out of water and we're plugging them into small groups where they're going to learn they, their Bible. Not to be spiritually fat, but to learn the Bible, to give a good message, a good word to somebody else in need. Today I'm giving you that invitation. I don't know if you need to start today saying, hey, I want to be, I want to become part of this church. I want to be part of, of God's church. I want to repent. I want to be baptized. If you want to do that, I'm sure today, uh, after the service, uh, at some point today, anybody will, be, will love to do that with you, help you through that. But when you, when people ask you that invitation, a lot of people have excuses. Here are some of the excuses that people say. I was baptized when I was a child. Can I be baptized again? Every baptism in the Bible, it was by personal decision and by immersion. So when you were baptized, if it was your own decision, and if it was immersion, you're good. Now, every example that we see in the Bible, it was a personal decision and it was by immersion. Here's another, another excuse that some people might have when they want to become Christians and they, you know, the, the devil is creeping in and saying things to them. I have a family member and friends and they're not here. I would love for them to be part and see, see me get baptized. For people that say that, I have a question for you guys. How many of you have cell phones? Raise your hand. Okay. Does your cell phone have a camera? Just wondering. Oh, problem solved. We have a lot of people. Uh, does your cell phone record video? Okay. So if anybody wants to take, make that decision, we have people here that can take a picture for you while somebody else records you and send it to all your family members. I have a friend that say, you know what? I was... I was a sprinkle when I was a baby. I don't want to offend my parents because when I was a baby, I was baptized. And I not only told that person, every example in the Bible says that you are immersed in water. And it was people's personal decision. But also, wouldn't your parents be super happy if one day when you were a baby, they were presenting how, how they knew it was right. They were presenting you into Jesus, hoping that one day you will become a Christian and today you're making your own decision. They'll be happy. So make that decision. Take that step. And lastly, some people say, I didn't bring dry clothes. I don't, I don't know here, but these are, these are excuses that we see in the Dominican. I didn't bring the right clothes. I didn't bring a towel. 
they have some cool robes back there. I saw somebody got baptized, and just because how cool that thing looked, I wanted to get baptized again. <laughs> they have towels, they have everything, and most importantly, they have a lot of people here that are willing to love you. So if you are a person here today that is still, still in slavery, remember that God sent his son to die on the cross just so we can become free. The best news, the best decision that you can make in Christmas is giving your life to Jesus. And for those of you who are Christian that are here today, I wanna, I wanna, throw, I wanna throw out that challenge out there. I don't care how many people came to Christ because of you in your lifetime, but I care about what you're gonna do from now on. I know one of the New Year's resolution that everybody uses is, oh, I'm gonna start walking, I'm gonna start running, I'm gonna start a diet, I'm gonna go to the gym. <laughs> Imagine if anybody, if 50% if of the people that are here today will say, I will bring somebody to Christ. Who's willing to take that challenge? I'm, I'm all for it. God wants us to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And he, he wants to do that through us. May God bless you. Thank you for uh, all the encouragement that you guys bring to our family. For me, for my wife, uh, it has been an honor just to be Jesus' hands and feet in the world. And think about this. You don't have to go overseas to be a missionary. If you are a Christ follower, you are a disciple. And a disciple maker is a missionary where you are at, in your own community, in your own home. Those are the tough ones. But if you start with those, with, those, with the tough ones, People from outside world are gonna be a piece of cake. <laughs> if you guys wanna hear more about what we do in the Dominican, if anybody wants to uh, personally support what we do, we're gonna be out there um, after the service. Let's pray.